This is an Area Code podcast. Hi, I'm Amy Simmons. And I'm Crispin Mayfield. And welcome to the Attached to the Invisible podcast. with Sovan Penn. He is a therapist in the Portland area, has been practicing for several years, mostly in a Christian setting, and has some really great insights into how churches can create safety in places of growth, especially with an attachment lens. Sovan and I became connected because we both completed emotionally focused therapy training which is a training for couples therapy based on attachment research. And so I thought it would be really fun with that shared background to talk about what the church could learn from emotionally focused couples therapy. So let's jump right in. Off mic, we were talking a little bit about... um, that we both went through the same emotionally focused therapy program, not together, but uh, the same uh, training here in Portland, which focuses a lot on attachment. Um, And you have been in therapy for uh, practicing as a therapist for a while now. How long have you been in practice? Yeah. 15 years here in Portland. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And mostly in a, in a Christian context. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, Private practice for a while. And then I realized um, I'm not a good (laughs) small business owner and I just prefer to be uh, in community with with people. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I joined a a new day counseling center uh, when, when we opened up and uh, yeah, just, you know, I like talking about therapy with people. And so Mm -hmm. in private practice, it's, it's, it's lonely. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear you. I was, my wife was just saying yesterday, she's like, you could go out on your own. And I'm like, but working at a clinic is so convenient. I don't have to do my billing. I, like I just walk in and I just see people got to do some paperwork, but nothing else. And I like it that way. So, right. Right. Yeah. And then the, the community aspect as well is really important. So with this attachment framework and just having experience um, in therapy and serving people in church communities, I just wanted to pick your brain about some of the ways that churches can integrate some of the attachment piece um, and also just in a, in a general emotional health way. So first I was, I was thinking about how churches often focus on getting people more information. As you've seen this play out, what, are, what gets missed if we just focus on getting more theological data. I relate to the tendency to just want to consume information. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a problem in therapy uh, or with a client, I'm like, what, like hop on Amazon. What book do I need? Uh-huh. <laughs> what workbook do I need? So I, I totally get it. Like I love podcasts and, and learning. Uh, but, but I wrote this uh, a few years ago, Crispin. I think this mm. is how we get it wrong in the mm. church. So uh, this is from a remix of Ephesians. So it it is for by truth you have been saved through learning. And this from studying real hard. It's Mm -hmm. the commandment of God. So props to you if you're hardcore enough. Mm -hmm. And you become God's workmanship if you do those good works. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. 
So I, I think it's the striving. Mm-hmm. We, we get it wrong about the, the gospel and mm-hmm. how people grow and how people walk uh, by faith and follow Jesus is, uh, you know, and, and part of it is, you know, the, like the verse we're saved by hearing, right? Hearing the truth, mm-hmm. um, but we forget to balance grace and truth. Mm-hmm. Um, not not all the time, but there's definitely an emphasis on education as mm-hmm. a requirement for leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- when most people think about a pastor, right, we mm-hmm. automatically think preacher, mm-hmm. right? And so, so that's the way we do church mm-hmm. is is information. Um, but like definitely uh, the pandemic COVID shutdown is, is just, you know, throwing that on its head um, yeah. that the most important thing about church or being a part of a church community is gathering to hear a message. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we forget about all the other parts of what it means to be a, a faith community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that seems to be, you were mentioning earlier, you know, consuming podcasts. A lot of us now, like we go to a church, but we also have like our favorite theologian that we can just like, you know, listen to um, that's, you know, doesn't really have anything to do with like our local gathering necessarily. Right. And, you know, we have a couple like awesome preacher teachers in Portland who are like writing books and uh, you know, doing amazing things on YouTube and, and in their podcast. And so uh, it, I'm, you know, I'm not saying the the truth and, and theology and, and going deep uh, uh, in, into, you know, biblical scholarship and literacy is, isn't important. And I think that's like part of the hunger for that. Um, but, but we can't do uh, either or. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, even just recently in the news with uh, just world famous apologist and, and teacher, uh, Ravi Zacharias, you can see how information doesn't guarantee, uh, uh, you know, emotional, spiritual health. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, th- you know, uh, w- we we set that up as as like what to strive for or who to become like i've I've seen this where like you know you meet new people um and counselors do this too so i'm not picking on like church people um but when you meet new people you can quickly see like instead of dropping names you like drop the books that you've read or like Mm -hmm. the theologians that influence you and and if you like drop the right names are like oh okay like you're not sketchy yeah yeah, exactly. That resonates so truly to me that it really, it's a focus on getting more information. It actually reminds me of a conversation I had with a colleague who, not a Christian colleague, um, and so she was kind of trying to understand my faith experience in my church. And she said, uh, if you're struggling with something, who do you go to? Like, you know, you go to your pastor, right? And I said, well, hmm. You know, in some churches, that's true. And in some churches, the pastor is sort of the guy that's just kind of manning the ship or steering the ship. They're, they're kind of in charge of the organization. Mm-hmm. But 
I've been in churches where pastors are like spiritually healthy and mature and they're the person that I would want to go to for counsel. And I've been in churches where they know a lot um, and they know how to keep the ship going. Uh, but they, they don't strike me as someone that's necessarily more mature than I am or someone that I would go to uh, for help which yeah. may be a sort of a harsh thing to say, but I, I'm saying, you know, both, both things are true. And she was shocked. She was like, but isn't the pastor supposed to be, you know, the person you go to, but if I want Bible verses about my problem, then maybe, but you know, I mm. think that we need more than that. And I wonder what, what is the more than that? We know about the information part. What's the other part? What does that, what could that look like in a church context? So, like knowing the truth, knowing the Bible is important, but th- that other missing piece is we don't, it's not just what we know. It's we need to be known in community. The, the way most churches are set up, pastor can't deeply know their people unless they're a small church of like 20 to 40 people. Mm-hmm. Like even 50 is really pushing it. And I think that's, you know, why that limit of 150 people and connections, right, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, for like one leader. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm still learning I'm just, uh, uh, about attachment, but th- how we grew up, our family of origin, our story, how powerfully influential that is in how we move through life as adults, I think understanding why there's that that cognitive dissonance or that tension between like the way we want to live life or and but then why do we have these repeated patterns of of mm-hmm. acting out um in that d- doesn't line up with our our values our and especially our christian values if you're trying that, yeah right? um and the you know one of the things i i share this with couples, I share this with parents, um, and I'd share this more with pastors, is that before you correct someone, you have to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And very often, the thing that prevents us from making changes or growing in our life, even with the truth, like, oh, the truth, you've inspired me, like, I have a problem, I need to make a change. Mm -hmm. Why don't we make that change? It's because of fear, Mm -hmm. usually. Mm Mm-hmm. And so did the truth that you communicated not, did it not just evoke the necessity of changing, but it, did it provide the safety of changing? And usually it's not just information that makes us feel safe. It's connection. Mm -hmm. It's relationship that makes us feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, we need safety in order to grow. Right. Because we know the things that we're supposed to be doing or not supposed to be doing often. We don't need to be told that again. Right. But, um, and, and we do this sometimes as parents, um, is if I can make you feel bad enough to change, then you'll change. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then change on your own and then we can have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like get your act together. Then we can have connection. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like, uh, have connection, have the safety, um, have the unconditional positive regard. Like I'll be with you even when you mess up and fail. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, Oh, okay. Now I have, I, I have that foundation to Mm -hmm. try to live differently. 
mm-hmm. to try to change from what I've known, even yeah. if it's not healthy. Right. There's this irony that when we, that you're talking about here, which is when our behavior d- depends, if our belonging depends on our behavior, a lot of times we end up screwing up over and over. But when our belonging just exists and there's this connection it actually enables us to make the changes that we want to make am i getting that right 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 it's i think it's that phrase i think i i i first heard it on the firefly movie it's amy adams movie where like jesus loves you just the way you are but loves you too much to let you stay that way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's, it's starting starting with the love and acceptance mm-hmm it's interesting because I, I really have like conflicted feelings about that. I think it was Max Licato that that like maybe first said that. And, oh, okay. And it's interesting because I think about Mr. Rogers and he says, I like you just the way you are. Hmm. Right. And then there's this other part that comes in like, and I, and I, you know, I love you too much to, to, I refuse to, to keep you that way let's let's talk through this a little bit because i think yes. that there's like okay. you know of course like a, a truth here because when i hear that i hear i like you but i still want you to change a little bit there's an agenda <laughs> yeah there's an agenda i'll right. wait a little longer i'll be patient but there is an agenda <laughs> yeah it's like um I've called it like makeover boyfriend theology, you know, sort of like this guy, I don't really like him, but if I date him for a while, like I can like change his clothes and like, Mm. you know, kind of the rom-com sort of like plot line where it's like, I don't really like you, but I see the potential in you. And I, and I know that growing up for me as a kid, that was how I felt like even growing up in the church was like, God doesn't really like me, Mm. but God will like change me in the future to make me more likable, like in an instant, you know, in the flickering okay. of an eye, like I'll, I'll, will be, I'll be changed. And then God will really like me. Even You're a project. Right. Person. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I mean, if, if we talk about uh, emotionally focused therapy, we talk a lot about how, when we are approaching people, if we have that, agenda i love that you use that word that agenda it it really undermines the connection where it can it's tough like i would say that and and this is the easy answer uh, uh-huh. i'll let myself off the hook is the agenda is loving people mm-hmm. okay so the, the so the, this this is the balancing grace and truth mm-hmm. you know i like my concept of grace and truth is that it's like two sides of the of the coin called love mm-hmm. right and um so so the 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 christian way um fundamentalist way uh-huh. is i'm loving you i love you enough to tell you the truth mm-hmm. and i'm going to tell you you're going to hell um and that you're sinning and you need to repent and then my, my job is done here because mm-hmm. i've said what i needed to say Mm-hmm. Um, and then the you know too far on the extreme with grace, it's like you know preach the gospel at all times, but use words if necessary, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you know the Saint Francis Assisi thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then we never like call people to live their life in a manner worthy of the calling that they've received, like Paul does mm-hmm. in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And so again, it it 
it's being honest that there is an agenda, Mm -hmm. right? Like all theoretical orientations have an agenda. Like they have a view of health. Mm -hmm. They have a view of pathology. They have a view of the development of um, what's troubling people. And then they offer a a way and a solution for that. Mm -hmm. So it's just putting your cards on the table and saying like, yeah, I want you to mature. Mm-hmm. Like with people, like I, I love you and accept you. And, and I kind of say like, you kind of hired me for this, right? You, uh-huh. th- this, you're pay- that, that's, that's, that's why you're, we're talking. Right. Yeah. M- maybe yeah. you're not ready, but you're, you, you're saying you, you want to work on anxiety and depression um, and, and sleeping in till noon and, you know, procrastinating on your, your job uh, uh, resumes and, mm-hmm. and putting yourself out there for interviews. Mm-hmm. So this is what you hired me for, and I, I'm going to balance good cop and bad cop. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but yeah, w- 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 it it does kind of drill down to like why are we here, and w- what's the meaning mm-hmm. of life. Well, it makes um, me think about what you said earlier. Think about a kid and a parent, right? Where if you know you need to get it together, mm-hmm. if we're going to connect. And that's really different than the parent that says like, Hey, I see that you're struggling and I want to help you. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'm here with you. Right. It's, you know, uh, mentoring or just discipling people. It, it, it is kind of a parental role, mm-hmm. but how, so how are we parenting? With, with with grace it it's hard so like my daughter our youngest she's turning 17 soon um and you know my son just turned 21 today oh my birthday. Uh-huh. um so it's it, it's so like we hope so much for them right and we have pictures of success like we're, we're in the middle of this right now Kristen, with my son <laughs> right um I have a 10 year old, so, and okay. a five year old. So I feel okay. like I'm, I'm like getting a, you know, tell me about what it's going to be like in 10 years. Oh, no, but, <laughs> but your every stage is like what you hope for them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, you know, what, what, what you're worried or afraid of about mm-hmm. like, Oh, you have this picture like, Oh guys, if you do X, Y, and Z, then it'll protect you from the pain of rejection from people or something like, you know, not <laughs> yeah. being accepted by your peers. So you gotta, I gotta help you be cool or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. That's our agenda for people is we want them to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Whatever, like that, that list of things is like you need to be. And so I'm really, really, really trying with, with all the kids. Um, my, my old eldest, she's a, a teacher is like really pull back and like, it's not my agenda for your life. It's mm. who you uniquely are, mm. your, your gifts, your, your, your passions, your heart, um, your, all your unique qualities. And like, what does God want you to, to, to be and really try to pull back and give them the freedom to explore and discover that. Thinking about God and God being a parent, this, this is a big theological question that I don't think there's any answer to, but okay. I grew up with this idea th- that God has an agenda for your life. And I wonder if God is the perfect parent, if there are times where God's like, I don't know, you figure out what you want to do. Mm. <laughs> what do you think about that? And freedom there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, 
I spent a lot of time thinking about this Christmas because I'm still, I, I turned 50 last year and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Sometimes for like, uh, like too much freedom can, mm-hmm. can, can be a lot of fun, but it can be, uh, uh, confounding too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think God does have good things that he wants for us as a, a loving, caring father things that are wise, things that are beautiful, mm. uh, things that glorify him and reflect his quality of, of care and love. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he would want, like uh, as an agenda, want that more of that for us because we experience joy and fulfillment and peace mm. when we're in that. Um, but, but it's not just doing things by the, the rule, rule book. It's more of an expression it's more of our the the expression of our life as art mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. um and 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 the fun of like my my daughter like our youngest like she now that older brother and older sister are out of the house she has lots of space and freedom to be different she is different than our, our first two. <laughs> uh-huh. we, we we learn some things with our first two, right? Uh-huh. So yeah. she's 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 more free, mm. and she she like to pick friends uh, that um, like yeah uh, maybe mom and dad wouldn't necessarily pick as like the the ideal influences or whatever, you know, it's, um, we, 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 we trust her. Um, and it's fun to see that, uh, having that freedom and confidence, uh, I'm, I'm just proud of her, how she interacts with her friends. And the, like, if we really believe that God works all things together for, for good, um, then, then we can really have like less of a tight controlling grip on, on micromanaging everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I think God does that with us mm-hmm. and, and tapping in to, to that. It, and pe- people, when they, you know, with your clients, when, and, and, and as you help them, Mm-hmm. Um, kind of uh, realize their freedom mm-hmm. in life, but but then you know when you are free with your choices, and then you have the the, the you're empowered to choose your path. Mm-hmm. Then you own it and take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And we, I think, we grow by choosing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it it's fun to see. Yeah, um, because people come alive when it's like their thing, mm-hmm. not it's been chosen for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and I would say that a lot of uh, you know a lot of churches, not all, but um, when we think about church, even culturally, when we think about the idea of church, the idea is to church is there to kind of correct you or to get you back on the right track or to <laughs> to that sort of thing, um, and then we were talking about this idea of kind of giving some freedom and trusting that you're going to, you're going to make a decision. (laughs) It doesn't even have to be the best decision, but you're going to learn and grow. And that's what we see our kids do. Um, I wonder what, 
what it would look like for churches to kind of have more of that like positive regard. Um, mm. And, and that's a term that we use in the field. Unconditional positive regard um, is that is from uh, Carl Rogers. Although I like that a lot of people point out that Mr. Rogers, uh, you know, Fred Rogers also had that same approach, mm-hmm. um, which is just this idea that, um, that, I mean, there are lots of ways to explain it. I don't know how you would explain it, but I would put it into words in terms of, um, you know, if you're feeling something or you're going through something, there's probably a good reason for it. There's nothing wrong with you. And if we can slow down and notice like what you're feeling or why you're reacting the way you are, Mm -hmm. um, that actually like, if we can slow down and notice that we will get some insight into why it is rather than shaming it or trying to change it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of that is the, the mindfulness of mm-hmm. noticing and being self-aware of your feelings. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I forget who said this. Um, I, I wish I remember where I, I read this along the way or learned this from one of my professors, but our, our feelings re- reveal our unmet needs. Mm. And the um, an illustration I use w- with my clients is when you try to repress um, your feelings or you, you try to make yourself so busy so that you don't pay attention to them, mm-hmm. uh, they'll, they'll get louder in your life until you can't ignore them anymore. And so our emotions are like a uh, beach ball that you're trying to push down underwater to try to keep it. And it's fun, right? But you can't do it forever. It's going to pop up somewhere. Yep. And the further, the harder you push it down, the harder, harder it comes up, right? Yeah. Hits you right in the chin. (laughs) (laughs) Right. For some people. Or somebody else. That's where it gets messy is Mm -hmm. when your emotions like, like explode on somebody else. Unconditional positive regard. It, it, I I think that's 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 grace. Mm. Um, you know, we say uh, faith comes by hearing. Um, you know, tr- truth, speaking truth, um, and it's important. Um, but even the the parable of uh, the the seed, like the truth, like 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 I said, like like oh, we planted the seed. Our job is done. It's like no, we we have to care for the conditions of the soil the hearts that we're trying to plant truth into, we have to water and, and till mm. the hard ground of, mm. of people's lives and hearts for truth to get in. Mm-hmm. And the, um, and you know, faith comes by hearing, but it says uh, the Bible also says that um, it's God's mercy that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I think like er- earlier you, when you said like God has an agenda, uh-huh. I, I think whether it's God or us as counselors, we hold out um, change as not like you should change or you should gr- grow or, or do, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's an invitation. Mm-hmm. It's an like therapy is like an invitation for a person to, to look at their life and dream about their life. And, and like, I'm going to help you, go through the changes and, and growth and healing mm-hmm. that I think you, you want. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll say like, I, I do want it for you too, mm-hmm. but, but I, I, I can't press you. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you, you can go at your own pace. You can walk away from it 
do. Yeah. And, and, and I can say this with honesty and integrity is I'll, I, I do love you no matter what you choose. Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Yeah. And uh, it, it's fun when people trust you enough to do the work. But one of the things I love about therapy is becoming a safe person mm-hmm. to somebody because I, I, I know how important that's been in my life for mm-hmm. people that have been that for me. And how how do you think in concrete ways, what would it look like for a church to be safe for someone? Um, it, it starts with leaders, like sharing their stories, mm. like being transparent. Um, uh, it, I, I, I think it really helps with not just saying we're, we're going to be safe. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to revise our mission statement and, and our website. Uh-huh. Because you can't fake it. You can't fake it. Like our, our, our mess, our baggage comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the, like, I, I have an interpersonal way of working with my clients, kind of existential and, and like I mess up and I try to be real. Mm-hmm. And part of the therapeutic thing is like when I, I, I disappoint them or miss and, or press too much. Mm-hmm. Um, get too parental, mm-hmm. but bad parent <laughs> parental. Yeah. Um, and I and and one of the best things is like, hey, I'm I'm I messed up there, and I see where I messed up, mm-hmm. and you and I and I want to hear from you like what that was like, um, uh, and 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 I'll adjust because how you how it impacted you, what you thought, what you felt, it it matters, it mm-hmm. totally matters with with us. Yeah. Um, so how how do we how do we sorry long answer yeah, yeah. Um, how, how do we how do we do this? So I I think leaders have to n- not just talk about it but be about it. Mm. Yeah, you just said something <clears throat> really powerful, which is how you feel your experience. It matters to us that response, like emotional responsiveness to the people in your congregation. Yeah, that takes so much time. Mm-hmm. We we have to go go slow, the 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 pace of of life and trying to squeeze the church into it and the pace of church, you know, like spend a sermon series four to six weeks, boom 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 boom, and then onto this other new awesome cool topic, and and it's like it's the information. Mm-hmm. Is it seeping down into our souls, into our spirits? You know, can, can, can we breathe and really consider and process how is this information fit in the context of my story mm-hmm. and what I've been through? Um, and, and can I trust you? Is, is this real? Mm-hmm. Are you really going to be with me through this, this healing, this transformation, this growth? Mm-hmm. Um, the... Be, yeah, it's it might be safe and and um, accepting, uh, but that's the beginning of trust. Trust is built over time, so I I can feel safe. Like I feel really safe with you, like today, just talking, uh-huh. right? But trust and security, the security piece of safety, is 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 really over time, and it's so easy to like have a great small group leader. 
or a great person that you bump into in, in the foyer when we met, met in person and like, oh, like go out to dinner or go out to lunch after church and make connections. But if the culture, if the leadership, if the way we do church really doesn't reflect that atmosphere of safety, of mercy and patience and understanding with people that really struggle, then then we have our arm. We still like, oh, I can't take all the armor off. I'll confess what's safe in our club because right. you, 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 you watch and you see what people confess and are transparent and open about. I'm like, oh, we can talk about that stuff. Uh, but it doesn't look like people are vulnerable about those pieces. And that's the actual, the, so I'll hold on to that. But then that's the actual piece that I need that mm-hmm. keeps me stuck. But then the pastor of a church of 200 people of 2000 people, mm-hmm. he can't do this work. So you have to have small group leaders, uh, deacons. Um, you have to have women's ministry, men's ministry, um, it, as couple therapists, right? Um, it, it's so helpful when people have mentors, when, they, when they're connected with, with couples that they can share with, not, not just in session, <laughs> you know, once a week or once every other week. Um, it, it's hard to change uh, uh, the, our patterns. Um, uh, just hearing a 20 minute sermon, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. it, it takes practice. So that, that's why CrossFit's so important, uh, popular because mm-hmm. it's like, it's practice, yeah. it's regular practice. And so how do we do that emotionally and spiritually? I always think about, um, you ever been in a waiting room and you're just, you know, reading the magazines there and it's like, oh yeah, that's like, you know, here's how to organize your closet. And you're like, that sounds like a great idea. And then you never think of it again. <laughs> That's how I think of, you know, so so much of the information that we get. It's, it's great information, um, but it's like we just hear it once and then it, you know, goes with the wind. <laughs> right. That's right. And like, there's a popular pastor. He he just came out with with a book, and and I do enjoy a lot of uh, it. I do appreciate because I'm a part of me is cognitive behavioral therapy guy. So it's uh-huh. like cognitive distortions, change your thinking, change your feelings, yeah. change your behaviors. I, I get it. But the attachment theory mm-hmm. is like really shaking that up <laughs> for me. I'm still in transition trying to sort that out. But the subtitle of the book is, uh, I, I think is a uh, uh, change, change your life by changing your thinking. Mm. And like, no, it, if, if, if we, you know, Googling how to be an adult, mm-hmm. you know, how to communicate with your wife, how to like, we, we there would be no counselors, there would be no marriage counselors right, if you could yeah. just like read the, the listicle and just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, there's research that shows that um, just teaching couple skill building uh, doesn't, doesn't help and doesn't work in terms of couples counseling. They found that, yeah. um, you know, cause then, they, then they go from saying you're a jerk to like, I feel like you're a jerk. I used an, I feel statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, um, I, I listened to just a great podcast yesterday, uh, driving down to visit my son. Uh, it's, I think it's the leading edge in, uh, EFT mm-hmm. podcast. And psych, psycho ed versus corrective emotional experiences. Uh-huh. 
it, it wounded me, Kristen, because <laughs> I am a handout guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like and e- so, right. And e- for those, those, I was going to say those that aren't therapists. So psychoed is, is the information part. Yes. Right. It's teaching. Then, yeah. Yeah. And then emotional corrective experiences when you actually have this connected experience of sharing vulnerably uh, with another person and entering into the space together that changes the way that your brain, it does change mm-hmm. the way you think right? It changes the way that you process the world, but it comes through your emotions, not through getting more information. Yeah. Yeah. But you were the, saying you're wounded. Because <laughs> I know it's right, but it's like, oh man, I've got to let go of my strong thing. Like I, I like for years, so 15 years, but like 13 years of it, like very Gottman centered, um, Oh man, I'm gonna, we're stepping on toes. We're stepping on toes. Um, but like assigning homework and 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 assigning podcasts and books mm-hmm. is like, oh, that's how I can be helpful mm-hmm. to kind of like resource people to show my worth. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you come to me to help you with your marriage. Okay, so this is what you need. Mm-hmm. It's info. Mm-hmm. And like, no. These go. These guys broke it down. Like uh, I got to send you the link, or you know about this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I actually but, I got a chance to interview uh, uh, James for uh, oh. my church last summer, which was really cool. Talking about racial oh, reconciliation man. in the church and EFT, which was oh, really. Cool. I think I, I saw. That. I, I think that's why his his voice sounded. Okay. Familiar. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. So yeah. I mean, he killed. He killed it on your interview and mm-hmm. and this podcast. But but if. Man, I, I would like if pastors could listen to that. Like, mm-hmm. it's paradigm shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's a little bit of uh, what I when we're working with clients. Like, I work with so many Christian counselors. Like, uh, much of my practice has been uh, meeting with grad students. You know, preparing mm-hmm. for ministry for for pastors, seminary students. Mm-hmm. Um. And and it's like that tension of like so much study, so much prayer, spiritual disciplines. Why so much struggle with anxiety, depression, you know, unwanted sexual behavior, like all this the mess. And it's it's so freeing to 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 really share your heart, not just share like like how much I align with the doctrinal statement that's approved. The, yeah, this is what I know. But this is my story. This is like the traumatic stuff I went through. And that's the stuff that people are feel ashamed about. So much of Christian living is imposter syndrome. And so true. And and I, I, I this thought hit me yesterday. Fake smiles at church, not turning your camera on has replaced that mm-hmm. with church. Mm-hmm. Cause we're doing online church. Mm-hmm. And like I don't have to fake smile. I just have to unplug. And so like how do we grow people spiritually? It's it's going to be a battle because a lot of folks like stepping back, having a break from having to attend. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, like I don't have to attend right at the live stream. I could watch it later. Becomes like I could watch it tomorrow. Becomes I oh I'm a week or two behind because it's disconnection. The lack of connection is what's like hurting the church, but. I think fostering and renewing connection is one of the things that will help us grow healthy church. I totally agree. It was funny. I, 
I, I hang out with my pastor periodically. We're friends. And he was like, did you hear the sermon from this last week? And, and I told him, well, I log on for the beginning part. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I always tell myself I'm going to listen to the podcast later. He right? was like, and he was like, well, I have to be honest with you. I haven't actually like uploaded the podcast for like a few weeks. And I said, well, now you're taking away my like excuse in the moment to say I'll listen to it later. So, <laughs> But I mean, that kind of speaks to it too, right? Like I don't. I may or may not listen to the sermon, but we'll hang out. He and I will hang out on Zoom, and that's way more important to me than hearing the message. So, like what you just said, it would be hard for all those pastors in training that are studying Greek and Hebrew, and like, right. you know, this is the most important thing of the week and right. my work. Yeah, I mean, it, and I think it's really telling. Uh, I, I really like my pastor that I can just tell him like, yeah, I haven't been listening to your sermons <laughs> and I just can trust that he's not going to be offended, mm-hmm. um, which is a really, really cool thing. But, uh, that yeah. is, cool. yeah. yeah. With just a couple of minutes left, I just wanted to ask if there's anything that, uh, that you would want to add in here or anything that you had thought about that we didn't get to. Yeah. I, I, I hope like I, I didn't come across uh, as too critical or harsh uh, about pastors um like i'm a pastor's kid mm-hmm. so I, I i love pastors and pastor's families um and so i, I hope like it comes across that we, we we want better for church leaders and for pastors and like uh i i think pastors if any are listening like if you do the work of, of um, uh, counseling, your own personal counseling, understanding, uh, like you might understand, it, it'll help you personally with your own burdens uh, and, and uh, it'll help you make better connections with your people um, and hopefully it'll help them trust you more in your leadership. Because what... Uh, I, I do believe that um, ministry and, and pastor uh, and churches, like it, it's important mm. and it's, imp- uh, it's important for churches to be healthy because it's so needed. The mm. God's love and the gospel are so needed um, and it's so damaging when it's done poorly. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I was thinking even that, about we were talking about this this information right wanting to get more information and you and i uh as licensed therapists that have gone through extra training around you know this specific kind of couples therapy Hmm. um we get into i'm I'm assuming (laughs) we we get into these uh conversations or even arguments with clients where they want the information they they're saying just give me the book that's going to fix it right and Mm -hmm. we have to say no that's that's not how this is going to work you know if you if you could have read the book that's going to fix it you probably would have read it already Mm -hmm. Um, but that makes me think i'm sure it's not that pastors are just well i'll just give you information i think oftentimes people come to pastors saying what's the fix here? <laughs> and then they're doing their best because they want to be helpful. And they say, read this book. Right. Right. They, they, uh, there are some people that put the pastor on a pedestal and they want them to be the expert. Right. Yeah. Um, and they want the pastor to be really clear about who to vote for. 
Um, and, and they'll follow the pastor if he's voting for the right person. Um, but I think especially Gen Z and millennials, it, they'd rather have someone who's real mm-hmm. um, uh, about the, the whole of life. We, we're hungry. We're, we we, we, we want to know the Bible. We, we, we do um, want a moral compass. Uh, but we, we, we don't, we don't want what we grew up with. We're disillusioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's riskier that way. Mm-hmm. But you can see like the pastors who, who really do it. Um, well, it's, it's not just because they're strong. It's not just because they're a bully. Um, it's not just because they're um, angry. It's mm-hmm. because you can trust them because you know that they they love you and and they're authentic, they're authentically living it out mm-hmm. imperfections and all yeah yeah well thank you so much for taking some time to to talk about this and uh it's fun to connect with another uh eft therapist around these topics and um if people want to cuz i know that you you post regularly on twitter is that where you're mostly uh active I um I I'm starting to to um post on uh Instagram. Okay. Uh-huh. Savon Pan Counseling. Okay. Great. I'm kind of goofy on Twitter. I I I mainly do Twitter for uh for sports. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for Lakers and Blazers stuff uh-huh. uh and and pop culture stuff. Um but yeah, it's it's fun to connect uh-huh, on social yeah. media. It's right. definitely uh, a hobby and uh uh, a way to, um, to to lighten the burden. Thanks again, and I really appreciate you taking some time to talk about these things. Thank you, Crispin. It's been great. This is an Area Code podcast.